Hi, it's Reverend Kurt Condra at Unity on the North Shore in Evanston, Illinois. Unity offers positive, practical, and progressive teachings that support spiritual evolution and abundant living. You can join us for our weekly Sunday service at 1030 in these days of sequestering. It's by Zoom. Uh, so please visit our website at www.unityns.org and register for the Zoom link. If you missed the service, you can also see the video version of our Sunday lessons on our YouTube channel, Unity North Shore. Again, visit us at our website, www.unityns.org, to see the many ways in which we're creating connection in this time of physical distancing. God bless. Um, my talk today we're going to be focusing on as part of our Love and Liberation series this month. My talk is about creating equality. And uh, what I think I want to start with is a quote from uh, the author that, whose book I'm using this month. It's Paul Farina's book, The Law of Love. And he says, let's be clear, no one is more spiritual than anyone else. Spiritually, we're all equals. We all deserve love and we all need to learn and give it and receive it without condition. There is no hierarchy in the spiritual realm. So in that sense, there's nothing for us to create. It's already done. We are equal in the eyes of God. We are equal in the spiritual dimension. And so I guess our work in terms of creating a greater expression of that in our current experience, you know, and, and creating the kind of change that Bruce was just singing so powerfully about, our role in that is to really become aware of the places in our own thinking where, where we're creating separation, where we're creating inequalities, where we're judging another either higher than us on some weird hierarchy or lower than us, because those are spaces where the inequalities get expressed that, that can be so painful uh, in our culture, in our society, in our world, in our politics, and all the ways in which inequality is showing up. And so this morning, what, what I kind of want to speak into is maybe how we move into that greater expression of equality um, and how we can begin to identify and how we can to begin to practice um, spiritual um, truths that, that move us beyond whatever uh, might, obstacles we might have to living into that, that great promise of, of the spiritual equality that that we know is the truth of our deepest being at all levels. This week in my blog, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, I was working on the work of Carolyn Mice. She had done a beautiful, powerful video this week that talks about how we move through different levels and dimensions of consciousness to bring forth the kind of love that Joyce was speaking so beautifully, to bring forth the kind of love that Jesus commanded us to in the, in the Bible passage that was in today's daily word. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. It's relational. This, this equality piece has to be expressed in our connections and relationships with one another. And we should also love one another in that same way. So uh, the practices that I'm going to suggest or the context that Carolyn Mace has suggested, she had talked about it being different levels of a building. But as I've been exploring and studying and talking with others this week, um, I think another way to think about that is 
um, a, a level or rungs on a ladder. A, a colleague of mine that I went to ministerial school with and talked about five rungs on a ladder. So I'm going to adapt her five rungs into Carolyn Mace's suggestion that we do buildings, and we're going to talk about six levels, okay? So the top level of this building that I'm calling the penthouse, this is what I blogged about this week, that top level is the space where we see beyond separation. We know that in the eyes of God, everything in creation is equal. It's all a part of a kind of oneness in which we can begin to see that there is no separation between us, between the animal kingdom, between the natural world, between anything. All of it is there is this sense of oneness. And when we can, can live into this capacity to know the true equality that is in all things, then we're living at that penthouse level of consciousness, that penthouse level of being. Um, in my experience, I maybe have, have glimpsed it. I mean, I would love to sort of uh, be one of those spiritual masters that lives in that, that embodies it in everything I do. But for me, it's in probably times of deep, um, deep meditation or reflection when I transcend those kind of boundaries and beyond, when I'm not making judgments and assessments about who's up and who's down and who's above and who's right and who's wrong. Those come to me in glimpses, my experience of it. But that ultimately is kind of the penthouse view that, that we're aiming for. The, the more that we can embody that level of being and consciousness, then the more that we're bringing forth the kind of love that Joyce was so eloquently expressing in our prayer this morning. So that's sort of the aim, that, that highest level of, of penthouse consciousness that the other levels sort of lead to. The fifth level of consciousness that I'm kind of borrowing from, uh, from my colleague, Darlene, Reverend Darlene Strickland at Unity of the Blue, Blue Ridge. Um, I think she's in North Carolina, Unity of Blue, the Blue Ridge. Anyway, she says the fifth level of that expression is about unconditional loving. How do we live into that space of being unconditionally loving toward all those around us? And I was fortunate enough yesterday to be involved with a workshop that was put on by Reverend Jim Lee, who for a long time was at Unity of Renaissance in Detroit and now is doing just um, this kind of powerful workshop work. He and his wife, Lisa, um, just put in an amazing program. And he talked about this capacity, this experience that he had had where he was able to catch himself. That's a big piece of it, knowing sort of where we are in terms of these levels. He was able to catch himself at a lower level and quickly move into that unconditionally loving space. And whatever the circumstance was, I don't remember what the setup was, but he was speaking to a group um, in his congregation. And there was someone who interrupted the whole flow of things and was... Um, adamant that Jim Lee was sort of the Antichrist, that he was preaching untruths and that he and all his congregation would be going into hell if they followed the kind of teachings and, and went off on this rampage. And Jim said that in, in, in the moment, his first reaction, the first thought that he had was not unconditionally loving by any stretch, but um, you know, that this guy needed to be put in his place, that he needed to be slapped around and, uh, and a great, and, and, but he caught himself in that. He caught himself at that lower level of consciousness. And where he moved to, what he was able to get to, was a space of being able to respond out of unconditional love. And it was a genuine response. It wasn't, he said it was something that he was really bubbling up from within him. He was being this expression of unconditional love. It wasn't just a platitude to sort of say, but he genuinely could reach out to the man and say, I, you know, you know, brother, 
I love you because what I hear you expressing, what I hear you coming from is a real desire for me to be able to get to heaven. You don't want me or anybody who's following my words to be condemned. You're really coming out of a space of love. And I love you for that. I love you for giving me the opportunity to be able to speak into that connecting power of love. And so um, what he brought into that circumstance was not any kind of judgment about how this man's wrong or this theology was right, but to be present in the room with the energies that were there and to uplift it. That's what it's like um, in, in the model that I'm proposing today. That's what it's like to be on that fifth floor of unconditional loving. When we can truly behold the Christ presence in another, when we can truly see uh, the good and the love that they're wanting to bring into expression, regardless of how we might be experiencing it, and reach out with a, a sense of unconditional love that builds bridges rather than reinforces divides. Uh, that's what we're looking for as we move into unconditional loving. And what I know is that I, I'm not sure I could have moved into that space that Jim did so quickly. You know, I might have been somewhere else on these five levels. And you know what? Wherever we are on these levels is a powerful place to be as we bring awareness to it, because that's how we can begin to bring a shift when we recognize where we are. So if you're in a space where you're not able to be unconditional loving on that fifth floor, maybe it's the fourth floor where you're where you're moving into or where you where you, where it is more accessible to you. And that fourth floor is all about compassion. It's all about maybe I'm not able to um, to extend myself in total unconditional love in that space, but maybe I can open a space in my heart to be compassionate toward those who I might be judging or perceiving as being wrong or bad in that particular moment, right? Um, and one of the practices that was shared in this workshop that we attended yesterday was this. Um, and this was in the, one of the breakout rooms. So uh, I'm not sure that everyone that was in the room was able to experience it, but I get to share it. I get to move it on now. And it was, um, imagine that, uh, um, and this is a practice that's not so much about when we're being in confrontation, but it's a practice that will cultivate a greater capacity to commit compassionate in all our relationships. And it was this, go to the grocery store, go somewhere where um, there are a whole bunch of different types of people moving in and out. And just notice what's going, what kind of language or, um, you know, I, I, that's one of my favorite things to do is sort of to go to spaces and public places and make up stories about who the people are and what's brought them there and what's, you know, what might be motivating them in the background. And, and this practice is sort of a step back from that and to maybe be aware of the stories that we're making up about the people around us and then to move in another space and to recognize that, um, you know, just like me, this person is looking for love. Just like me, this person is wanting to have enriching friendships in their life. Just like me, this person is wanting to be, uh, have a safe place to live. Just like me, this person is wanting uh, to live life um, with grace and with ease and to move through it with health and a sense of wholeness. Just like me. And it's in that just like me space that we can begin to make um, room in our hearts that is a more compassionate space. So what I'm suggesting is as you're standing in line at the grocery store, look around and think just like me, that person is looking for love. That person is wanting to embody love. That person is desiring success. And that begins to build a bridge between 
um, um, that person who's separate and apart from me and recognizing that they are in this, this kind of um, life experience with the same motivations, with the same desires. We have that commonality that allows me to be a compassionate presence for them. And then we, as we can practice that, as we can bring that into fuller expression for people where we maybe don't have some negative energy or judgment around, we're able to bring it forth in a more powerful way when we are in, in, in situations where we're feeling more confrontational or we may be feeling more attacked or where we may be feeling that someone is against us. Um, we build sort of our spiritual muscles of compassion um, by being present to others and recognizing the commonality that we have in a compassionate way. So that I'm suggesting is the fourth floor in this rise to consciousness as, as we move up to the, the penthouse of being in our consciousness. <clears throat> So the third floor, maybe we're not able to get to that space of recognizing that they're just like me, that they have the same desires and they maybe we're at the space of on this third floor of just seeking to understand. If I can have a desire to understand maybe why that person is experiencing life and expressing in the ways that they are, why they're feeling the kind of, of emotionals, uh, emotional beliefs and thoughts, having the kinds of beliefs and thoughts that, that are motivating them to behave in the ways that they are. It's in that, in that desire to understand. And what I'm suggesting is that as we can create it, as we can come into those experiences from a space of, of curiosity, right? We're not coming in there with our own agenda about wanting to change their minds. We're not coming in there wanting to, to prove our point or being right or wrong. And that the way we move into understanding, the way that we embody that sense of curiosity, is really to be in a space of, of listening. Um, certainly in conversation, when we're in dialogue, we'll have an opportunity to express our own thoughts and beliefs about that space. But I believe it's more important that we come into it with a desire to listen more than a desire to speak, a desire to understand more than a desire to stand up for our point of view. And it's in that that we um, can really begin to create a space that, um, because what happens is as we shift into a space of understanding, as I have um, uh, a greater awareness or a greater uh, understanding about where another person might be coming from, then I'm more able to sort of bridge that connection. It's It lowers the resistance that I might have to another. It lowers um, that, the, you know how, when you're in those conversations where you might be triggered and you're wanting to prove your point, you're wanting to make sure the other person understands how you see the world, um, that energy is actually a block to true understanding. That energy is putting up walls of separation and difference. When what we're wanting to bring into that circumstance is a capacity and a space for connection to happen, right? And then when we're able to have the opportunity to articulate our own beliefs and understandings, it's not out of a desire to make them wrong or to prove our point. It's out of a desire to really create bridges of connection. So that third level is about being curious. That third level is really about really desiring to understand another's point of view and not to prove our own point, not to prove that we're right and they're wrong. So that, that third level is rising up into a space of being able to understand. And in all, in all conscious, in all, and truth be told, there may be times and we may be encountering situations and people in our lives when we aren't even willing to understand 
we're not even in a space where we can open open that that connecting bridge and in that space i'd say we're on we're on a second the second floor of, of this rise in consciousness and this high rise we're building the second floor is about cultivating just a sense of willingness like to be in a space of god i recognize that i don't even care what that other person thinks i don't i don't i don't have a capacity or a ability to be curious in this moment but i am willing to i am willing to look at my own belief i am willing to be present to my own blocks i am willing to be present to the ways and the emotional baggage that i'm bringing to this i'm willing to be able to let that go to release and let that go as we sang is the first song this morning there's a willingness to be able to have my experience, my beliefs, my thought patterns, my habits, my habitual behaviors. I'm willing to let that go so that, that something new might emerge from within me. Some new and greater awareness might emerge from within me. That second level of, of building and growing, right? Whew. So that said there are times in our experience when we might not even be able to be willing if we're completely honest about what's happening in our hearts there may well be times in our experience when we're not even able to to cultivate that capacity for willingness when we are so in our own stuff when we are still so, so in our own drama and so maybe in our own pain and in our own feelings of being victimized that we're not able to be willing. Um, it's okay. <laughs> there, there are times in our human experience when that's the level of consciousness that we're able to engage in. And if that's where we are, then the most powerful way forward, the most powerful way to sort of bring a grounding on this first level of understanding is to do no harm, right? The first thing, and the way we do no harm is to tend to our own hurts, to tend to our own wounding to tend into that in us, which is still um, so defensive and so hurt and so stuck in judgments and condemnations that we're not able to move up into those higher levels of awareness and understanding. And I want to share with you a beautiful expression of that that I heard just this morning. Um, and it's by an artist, a musician, whom um, I, I adore. His work just, I think, I find so healing and wonderful. His name is Craig Minowa. Uh, the band that he founded is called Cloud Cult. I did a whole series not too long ago about his music. But he was he was on this morning talking about um, the birth, the birthday of his son, Caden. Um, the whole band sort of changed its trajectory a few years, a few years ago. It's been he said, Caden, this would have been Caden's 21st birthday. But when Caden was two years old, so this is 19 years ago, um, he passed away from SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, and it devastated his parents. They were in such deep grief that um, they, they weren't able to move forward. And so Craig, what he realized this morning on the 21st, 21st um, anniversary of his son Caden's death is that, that that pain is still with him. He is still feeling a sense of woundedness and isn't... And, and, um, uh, and um, a sense of uh, personal judgment about how he ought to be further along. 20 years later, he ought to be able to handle this in a way that doesn't take him back to that, that depth of loss and pain that he is experiencing in this morning. And so what he talked about is just being with that pain. He got up that morning and 
he lit a candle and put out a picture of his son Caden and he just let the feelings and the emotions flow. He let himself be present even 20 years later to that, that deep sense of pain that feels just as piercing as it did 20 years ago. Um, and to allow himself to be in that space and to nurture himself. And what he did, um, and this is, why, this is how I think we know that we're moving into a space of healing. What he was able to do is sort of change his whole plan for the morning. And he decided to go out for a walk. They're way up in the wilds of Minnesota. They said it was 10 below out there. He was all dressed up. But what he wanted to do was come out and sort of share that part of his journey with his Patreon audience. Um, and so he, he, that's what he did. He described his experience um, and he described how his hope out of this was that in being able to sort of describe his own process and his own pain, that others might find permission to, to nurture themselves in this first level uh, of, of conscious awareness and conscious understanding. And I know from his Patreon audience that there are uh, thousands of people that follow them that have experienced many similar kinds of losses who will find comfort in the words that he shared. And that ultimately, I think, is how is how our woundedness expresses in a way that brings forth um, a sense of equality and knowing that we are all in this together. All of us, um, regardless of what our personal stories is, regardless of race, creed, color, um, orientation, gender identification, regardless of any of that, whatever pain or wounding we have, beyond that, there is this capacity to know that we are one, to know that we truly are equal in the eyes of God, and, and, and to be able to reach into a depth of our own understanding and our own believing and our own being of service and being available in the world as an expression of that love to bring forth healing so that we might... Um, so that we might one day know that the change that's coming that Bruce sang about so powerfully is actually already underway and that it's coming into expression through our own um, rising in consciousness. Uh, I'm going to close this by sharing just an invitation. This is from Paul Farini from that book Laws of Love that I mentioned earlier that really talks about this process into that we are all engaged in as we look for our own healing. Uh, Farini writes that the spiritual path of those who are committed to equality, and my assumption, my presumption, is that all of us here in this Zoom space together are committed to bringing forth that kind of equality, and that's that's why we're here in the first place. But so the invitation is, as we're committed to that, that um, that commitment presents us with an ever-challenging opportunities to give up false and limited ideas and embrace a deeper and more inclusive truth. Those of us who are committed to love, not just those who accept our values, but those who don't, <laughs> those who don't. So it means a capacity for really embracing those who believe differently than we are to be able to walk into a space where some is telling, someone might be telling us that we are completely wrong, that we are agents of the devil, right? To be in that, that level of intensity and to extend ourselves in, in love uh, and to know that there is that beneath the outer appearance, that, that which is our true being, that it really rises out of oneness. 
And it's only sort of embracing the wholeness of humanity and of all that is that that we can bring forth the kind of transformational change that perpetuating the same dynamic and the same energies that got us here in the first place can be transformed. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. And if you'd like to support the ministries of Unity on the North Shore, you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 815-827-6052. Again, text GIVE to 815-827-6052. Or visit us online and click the donate button www.unityns.org. You'll also find there a complete menu of offerings for sort of remote and distance learning through this time of sequestering. God bless you. And again, thanks for joining.